0: You're listening to a podcast of The Jack and Jack Show, with Jack Blue and Jack Killer. It is Friday the 13th of May. Unlucky. Unlucky for some. It is unlucky for us. We've had a, a the computer crashed. my computer crashed, uh, as we were recording uh, this very episode. So this should be very well rehearsed, because we made it two-thirds of the way through. We hope. Um, at least it's better than that radio studio. Let's not get into that. Is one. it? We're in a slightly different location to our normal... Place. We are. You'll hear some humming of of machines, and uh, but Jack has a lovely, large, uh, giant iMac that takes his entire field of vision. To indeed, it's quite. It's a little bit bigger than I'm comfortable with. I think maybe perhaps too big, and it's a bit kind of glaring. It's kind of imposing. It is. It's it's giant. For the listener, it's like an A three piece of paper, even bigger. It's giant. Not mine. No, no, no. We haven't. We haven't come into some money suddenly. <laughs> Uh, it, it's in our, it's in the recording facility we are using. It, it, indeed. So, round two. Um, we'll get started this week. We're trying something slightly different. We're not going to start with US politics. Shocker. Shocker. Because I think we've started with it every week. Ever. Since we've, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exact exact I think exact so. This marks a turning point. Today, we're going to start with British politics. Yay! Yay. <laughs> there were two different yays there. Sarcasm, non side. Anyway, we'll move on. Local elections first, or Northern, Northern Ireland? I'm going to go with Northern Ireland first. Go now, ahead. last week, if you listened, you'll remember, perhaps, me talking about Wales and Scotland and some of the other results that we had in. Um, this week, this time this week, we have got all of the results in, including for Northern Ireland for the local elections, and, importantly for us, for the mayoral elections in London. There were other elections for mayors in, uh, I think, Bristol, uh, Salford, and somewhere else, perhaps Liverpool. But I can't find the results of them off the top of my head, so I'll circle back to them maybe later. Sure. We'll start with Northern Ireland. So uh, let me preface? Preface. 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 preface this entire little section by saying nothing surprising has happened. Yeah, if you want to jump ahead, like... I might as well just say, exactly. So, it's not that shocking. I'm just going to talk through a little bit of the results. So, in Northern Northern Ireland, the population there, the devolved population, voted for the Northern Irish Assembly. Nothing hugely significant happened. Shares of the votes were within 2 or 3% of exactly what they were last time. So, the DUP still remains the most popular party with 38 seats followed then by Sinn Féin with 29 seats, followed by the Ulster Unionist Party with 16 seats. So that doesn't necessarily change the balance of the Northern Irish Assembly. Um, beyond that, there's not a huge amount I can say. The implications for Northern Ireland are: we will probably have more of the same kind of coalition style um, that the system is designed for that, of course. Um, the DUP, the Democratic Unionist Party is more of a conservative-leaning party, so we'll probably see more conservative-leaning things, if anything else, just as just as we might see that in Scotland, possibly, if the Conservatives get their opposition mark across, but that's another matter. So overall, the picture in Northern Ireland is not especially surprising. As I said, and I didn't say I said this in the previous recording, <laughs> UKIP is the only party from mainstream British politics that stands in Northern Ireland, and they did particularly badly. In fact, I don't think that result even registers on this results, on these results I'm looking at here. They did on the on the mainland of the UK, though. They did upsettingly. Well. They, they did... In, well, depends what you mean by upsettingly. They did Well, indeed. I find any progress for them to be upsetting. um a political standpoint. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. This is an impartial <laughs> broadcast. Well, um, I'll be impartial. Have you heard about the... Um, Live EU referendum In, debate. Indeed, it's caused a bit of a row. Yeah. Have you Have you read about that? Only just now. It's uh, caused a bit of a row because the ITV, I think ITV, am I right? Yes. Yes. Have yeah, yeah. invited Prime Minister David Cameron and Nigel Farage, leader of UK, to debate the pros and cons of the so-called Brexit. Brexit. The, the worst. Happening. I hate that. I think. Uh, I, yeah. think quite, I think it's quite. I it's It's Brexit and Remain. Yeah. As stolen from the Grexit. Grexit, yeah. I don't know which I don't know. Maybe it came the other way around. Anyway, the point is this debate has caused a bit of a hoo-ha um, because Vote Leave, which is the official organisation headed by Michael Gove, to who campaigned for the British exit from the European Union, are furious that they have not been asked to represent the Leave side in these debates. In fact I think they're talking about suing ITV for that. Um either way, it should be an interesting one. Nigel Farage versus David Cameron. Not the first time they've shared a debate stage. They did that last year. Almost this time thirteen months ago. Although there were a good number of people on that, wasn't that? there? It's ridiculous. ridiculous. But uh, it was a bit was quite, I quite enjoyed that. But yeah, 7th of June I believe that debate is going to be. We'll move on. But actually, nice segue. No, I'm you. sorry, there is one more thing on Northern Ireland. That is to say, the, the terror level from Northern Ireland Correct. has been kind of raised. The terror uh, level has been raised. I'm not sure how much we can talk about this, because, well, for national security reasons, but also for actually not out of knowing much about this. The implications for this, rather, the security the British government has raised the security level for what they perceive to be threats from Northern Ireland, which means an attack is that going that to be just one imminent. is so-called imminent. Yeah. But this, I, just, I bring it up as an opportunity to smash the ridiculousness of terror levels, how does telling the populace that a, 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 that an attack is imminent, how does that benefit anybody? Uh, people be more vigilant? No, um, it's, it's feeding well, into the well, terror, well, 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 is it not? You're, you're right, but what's interesting about this is I would argue that there is no perceived threat at all of Irish Republican terror. That's not something that happens nowadays. A non-significant... No, it's, it's insignificant. They, they occasionally will attack an army base or, you know... In, in Northern Ireland, not in Britain. They haven't done that for years. No, not for a while. But I, and I think that people will think more of a terror comes from... More of a threat, rather, comes from... Islamic extremism. Islamic extremism. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Obviously. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and but even that, even having a terror level for that, a, a threat level, the threat is... Constant, but incredibly low. It's true. The chance of any one person getting attacked by a, a terrorist in London is smaller than the chance that they will be hit by a car, uh, or die in a, a car crash, or slip on a banana peel and die. It's minuscule. Uh, and thus, and, and, th- and having a, a threat level to reflect that, they should have a, a traffic threat level that should be at incredibly high by this metric. All right, I'm done. Well, I'm done with well, my rant. Well, I'm not, I'm not joyful, note chat. Terror Ooh. warnings are, are ridiculous, people. Uh, <laughs> rise up. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for a day. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the local elections. Good segue for a while ago, about five minutes ago. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I ruined your segue. Uh, that is to say local for us here in the city of London. No, local elections in the United Kingdom. Uh, also, London. we're not in the city of London. Well, we're, um, we're in the city of London, but not the city of London. You're, you're complicated, Vince Jack. It's a good distinction. The you know, local oh, elections no. in the United Kingdom. Yeah, for right. sure. Because we'll yeah. get to London in a minute. There yes, weren't actually course, local, uh, local elections in London. There were elections that are in our locale. Yes, okay, but local elections refers to councils and stuff. Oh, you know, I didn't know that. District. I didn't know that that was a specific... Okay, go for it. Tell us about the so, UK. So, again, nothing... Let me preface it. Nothing particularly interesting or exciting unless you're a Labour Party member. That is the big story. Labour and Conservatives have broadly speaking kept exactly the same. Um, yes, they both lost councillors, but that's entirely to be expected at this stage. Remember we're although we're only a year into the full Conservative government, that essentially David Cameron's been, you know, the Prime Minister for six years. They've made surprisingly few losses considering that they've been in power for so long. So you mentioned that Cameron's been Prime Minister for six years, essentially. Yeah, just in fact, pretty much to the day. Yeah, nice, nicely well done. Fun. Um, okay. How? What's the what's the kind of limitation? When does when, when do we stop having him? In the U.S., there are term limits. Good, good question. Well, in theory, the Prime Minister can stay as, indefinitely, uh, if for as long as they possibly want to. Um, okay. In previous years, in previous decades, rather, it was um, the Prime Minister called the election whenever they kind of saw fit, but they couldn't be at any. Longer than five years apart, but now we have fixed-term parliament, which means that there will be five-year there will be elections every five years, unless there's you know vote of no confidence, that kind of thing. So in theory, Cameron has said he's going to step down. This is going to be his last term. Mm -hmm. So in theory, he will serve up until twenty twenty. Although in British politics, that isn't the way it works. That will be ten years of of decam. Probably not. It'd probably be more like eight years because someone like Osborne will have to become the leader as Cameron will step down. Interesting. Um, it's an interesting one. I don't know the way they'll play it. Cameron has said, said in, before the election last year that he was going to step down after this term. So the maximum will get is 10 years. Or maybe he'll ascend and become uh, like an eternal president, like in a dictatorship. of oh, have maybe. the glori- glorious leader David Cameron. Possibly. Unlikely, but possible. Um, he's one of the longest-serving conservative party leaders as well. He's been the leader for 11 years. Well, just under 11 years now. Anyway, in, the, in terms of the local elections, the, the other kind of big, in inverted commas, story is the increase of the Lib Dems in the UKIP. They both increased their share of the vote and increased their number of councillors. But let's keep this in perspective. They still have very few overall councillors. Um, the Lib Dems control four councils. the UKIP control none. And... Bear in mind that now the Lib Dems are on 378 councillors. That's a huge decrease, considering that about a decade ago they had over 1,000 in total. So that's, overall, it's a bit of a mixed picture for those minor parties. But for the, the larger parties, I think it's more important that we look at the uh, their, the fact that they didn't really lose or, or gain much at all, It broadly stayed the same. So, not very interesting there. Sorry, no offence to anyone that's a councillor. <laughs> now we can move on to London more specifically. Of course this affects us because we are broadcasting from London. We are indeed. I and consider London to be my home. Uh, even though it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't uh, reciprocate with giving me a vote, but uh, it's, it is <laughs> oh it's yes, my school. home nonetheless. I had a bit of a fight actually to vote. Did you? Because I registered for to vote about in late March and I registered for postal vote. Um, but I never got anything. I never heard anything back from them. And I called up on the day, called up Camden City Council on the day, and said, "Am I registered to vote?" They said, "No, you're not registered." And I was like, "Why?" <laughs> I did all this stuff, <laughs> and uh, basically she said, "Oh, I'm going to call the polling station, and you should be fine." So it was it, it was like that. I was ready to vote. That's good. That and is a By the way, the polling station was a minute's walk that way. Yeah, very close very to, very to, where, to where we are. Anyway, let's talk about London briefly. Um, The last week I said that it was going to be a tight race between Sadiq Khan and Zach Goldsmith. I was wrong. It was quite a walkover for for Mayor Sadiq Khan, who, of course, is now the Mayor of London, with, did you know Jack? Oh, no, I'll come to that in a second. Just briefly to talk about it, the first round was a little bit tighter. Of course, that's when all the parties are included in the vote. Sadiq Khan was 44%. The second round is when they eliminate all but the top two candidates, because it's the second round, second ballot voting system, and Sadiq Khan won 57% of the vote, Zach Goldsmith was 43%. Um, Interesting thing to note about this election is it's the highest in terms of turnout, 45% of the electorate, the London electorate, turned out to vote, which is the highest it's ever been, which is good on the increase. It'll be interesting to see what the turnout is for the EU referendum, I wonder if that will make it. And the final thing I'm going to say about this, because I don't want to talk about it for too long, the final thing I'm going to say about it is, did you know that Sadiq Khan now has the highest individual mandate for a British politician, with 1.3 million people having voted for him overall? Yeah, because in the UK you don't vote directly for the uh, uh, Prime Minister, for instance. So, uh, yeah, Uh, maybe he'll become our eternal Prime Minister. Maybe he will. Long live our glorious leader, Sadiq Khan. Sadiq Khan... To segue into the next section, the first Muslim mayor of London. Trump has said, Donald Trump, U.S. presidential candidate, uh, has said that he would make an exception in his ban on all Muslims entering the country to allow Sadiq Khan to enter the the U.S. An interesting turn of events there. Sadiq Khan has said that he would not want to be an exception and that this policy of excluding Muslims is is ridiculous. I tend to agree with them. Uh, but we're uh, Donald Trump. Let's let's go to the other side of the Atlantic and uh, cover the, let's say, slightly more exciting U.S. That's presidential president. election. It depends where your interest lies. It does. What's the other thing, Just before we move on, the other thing that links, potentially, Donald Trump and Steve Carp? I don't know. Oh, you do know? Highest individual mandate. Oh, sorry, yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> Trump has, uh, this week, uh, in uh, the, the previous... Uh, primary, gained the largest number of votes for any uh, Republican presidential nominee ever. More than George W. Bush, more than any previous uh, Republican presidential nominee. This reflects just, he has a a giant mandate, as does Khan, and so despite conflict in the upper levels of the Republican party and the media the both every kind of media the Republican media centrist media liberal media the Republican electorate don't seem to have many qualms with uh, with Trump uh, so he is his popular candidate popular mandate for Trump I wonder if there's a couple of things we want to talk about with, with regards to Trump um, the first is potentially policy, um, we'll keep this to a minimum, because we often talk about Trump in general terms, and actually the media does as well. But let's maybe get some a little bit more specific with it. In fairness to both us and the media, Trump is often light on policy details himself. Fair enough. But if we talk about social policy, and I don't mean that in the Department to LSE sense. Little joke for myself there. <laughs> Let's we talk about social policy. How conservative is Donald Trump? Okay, so he's got these, uh, let's say, insane platform issues. Like we're going to build a wall. It's going to be huge. We're going to keep the. um, I'll save you from my Trump impression. Still honing it. Uh, I'll if I'll wheel it out on the show some other time. Uh, He's going to build a wall to keep Mexicans uh, from illegally entering the U.S. He's going to temporarily. Ban, although he he kind of flip flopped on that this week, uh, temporarily ban uh, Muslims from entering the United States, which would just be uh, insane. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if that's legal. Um, Maybe it would be taken to the Supreme Court. Yeah, it would probably make it to the Supreme Court, where I imagine it would be struck down because it's absurd. Um, however, so beside those just utterly insane, uh, hyper conservative policies. He actually runs on a kind of a raft of rather moderate, even somewhat liberal, uh, policies regarding, uh, you know, uh, economic, and I was going to say economy, but he's, he's got this trade agreement, uh, his distaste for trade agreements. He's got, uh, social issues. He's, uh, currently against abortion and gay marriage, uh, so, mm, uh, so overall, it's a bit of a mixed pix- mixed picture. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the best part. And perhaps point. not quite as extreme as people paint him to be in many senses. Possibly. In some senses, I should say. Possibly. Although, he is hard to read. And this maybe feeds into his appeal. People uh, say, oh, he says he doesn't want any Muslims, but he doesn't, he's not married to any policy. He's not a politician. He's not necessarily going to do that. They just like his uh, bravado, mm. uh, his uh, you know his confidence and his strength, perceived strength. Um, With that in mind, we talk. We've talked in previous weeks about potential running mates. This week, I think I've found, I think I've cracked it, maybe. So I want to get your reaction to a few. Go for it. A few names that I'm going to throw out to you. I think there are four kind of options that Donald Trump four, four paths that you can choose. And he now, as the presumptive nominee, he kind of has more of a um, justification for choosing a running mate, sure. unlike Cruz, unlike Cruz who chose Fiorina for no reason. For no and reason was in the race for a week. I feel bad for her. So there are four kind of areas he can choose from. So I'm mm-hmm. going to put some names out there. Go the first me. one, the first category, I'm going to call the insider.
1: So the insider as in,
0: in inside the government, in theory. So someone inside government or so it's Congress, establishment, it's, exactly, establishment Republican. Someone that supported him was, I don't know if you recognize his name, Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions? I, he's the, name. I think he's the junior or oh. senator from Alabama. Huge obstructionist, terrible. Uh, him and Cotton, I think, is another one. Yes. Just but, yes, I think very heard. backwards social policy. Yeah, but he publicly supported Trump right from the off, and he's a senator. So sure. he has some influence in Congress. Um, beyond that, the Mm, this is a potential man that you might get, Newt Gingrich. I'm familiar with Newt New Gingrich. Who was the f- previous Speaker of the House, oh, not previous, sorry, he was a Speaker of the House, Republican. He would have quite a deal of influence, and he knows what he's doing with the House, I believe. Um, so maybe someone from Congress is a good example. Let's okay, move okay. on, then you can Gingrich, Gingrich. ran by himself as pre- for President, didn't he? Last cycle, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All knows, yes, it was against Romney, and he yeah. actually did quite well yeah. until the later stages of the race, when we didn't wear Romney to. Okay. He did well in Iowa and, next, and category. next category is from the previous Republican p- field. Now, in an interview last week, Trump said, I believe with CNN, Trump said he's 40% likely to choose someone from the GOP field this year. So out of all of them, I was thinking, who is he more likely to pick than others? Not Ted Cruz. Well no, there's one who's been begging for it. Literally his his lackey is um uh help me out here. He stands behind him while he speaks. Crony. New Jersey, crony, gentleman. Chris. Christy, there we go. Oh I see, I thought you were testing me. No oh, no, okay. no, I was I was having so, a mental break. Beyond that, perhaps perhaps John Kasich. But no, that's a little more of uh, Seems unlikely. But it would make him look conciliatory and unite the party to an extent. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, because he it's more moderate. And he's from Ohio, which is a key battleground state. Well, Trump is already strong in Ohio, I think. So it's Fair enough. We'll talk about states later. So this is the, th- the third option, an outsider. That is to say someone not from the government. Exactly. So, a couple of names both women actually, that I picked out were quite interesting. The first is Jan Brewer, who was the former governor, oh, no sorry, who is the current governor of Arizona. She was the one that implemented the don't, uh, the uh, show me your papers law in Arizona, do you remember? That's the one where they essentially illegal immigrant uh, police had the ability to stop oh, people on course. the streets and demand, demand identification, identification um, which was the highly controversial and was taken to the Supreme Court in US versus Arizona in 2012. Um Sad, but they well done, don't Jack. That is, It's impressive. So moment. that's a potential one. She's support publicly supported Donald Trump. Of course. Um, and she's, she's a woman strong from Arizona. on the, Yeah, but whereas he's a man from New York. Exactly. always on the on the vice president trying to balance out the ticket a little bit. Another GOP contender for that in that category might be Susanna Martinez, who is the current governor of New Mexico, um, if I've got that right. She has not yet publicly supported. Trump, I hope I'm right, and that she's the governor of New Mexico. No, you are Yes. She has not publicly supported Donald Trump yet, but is potentially gearing up for it. And she also has the added bonus of coming from New Mexico, being a woman, and with a name like Martinez, would appeal to Hispanics. I know that's superficial. In our opinion, yeah. I mean, the media has a, has a tendency to do that, but yeah. Fourth one, the wild card. So this is one out of the blue potential. Um, You know, Ben Carson is Hmm. the one that's allegedly helping Trump to find his running mate. Which is weird. Trump has come. Well, you say it's weird, but there is a bit of precedent for it. Precedent, because Dick Cheney was asked by George W. Bush mm. to research it, who, but eventually, obviously, became... <laughs> he chose himself. Li- vice president. <laughs> he, he researched and he decided... So decided that ben he Carson's a possibility. Another name I have seen floated is everyone's favourite governor, former governor of Alaska. No. Sarah Payne. I know who you're talking about. No. She is a potential... She's a woman... She's a nutcase. But Trump's she's spoken good. at Trump rallies. So, if yeah. you had to go with one of, I um, mean, with a bit short on time, if you had to pick a category and perhaps a name, who would it be? Mm. Mm. Maybe Sessions. Interesting. Be, do you want to do you wanna publicly cast a I guess? I think. I think. Oops. I think Sessions is potentially a good call. Um, oh I do apologise technical difficulties here on the show we We are Um, still recording we are still recording, that's good Good. good. Um, Jeff Sessions, potential, he's good for congress I think um, I'm I'm on Jan Brewer who's who's the governor of uh, Arizona, previous governor of Arizona Um, because she fits a lot of the criteria that might combat Hillary potentially in a vice presidential you want to balance the ticket in a vice presidential nominee anyway let's move on, let's move on Move on to our next uh, yes. to to the other side. Okay, Hillary remains unpopular. Uh, Sanders just won West Virginia, even though it's literally numerically almost numerically impossible for him to uh, to become the nominee for the Democratic Party. Um, regardless, and in a in a fun contest, uh, I, I find her unpopularity astonishing. Anyway, she's trying quite strongly to appeal to uh, to women and young people, and one of the ways she's doing this is through her merchandise. Now, I went on a little journey through the, uh, through the store of uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign, okay. uh, and I have, I have found some merchandise items, and I would like for you to tell me if these are real merchandise items. Real um, Hillary merchandise? Real Hillary merchandise that you can buy directly from her campaign. Okay. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this merchandise, <laughs> uh, or whether I have made it up. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Red, white, oh and me. brew coffee mug. Oh my goodness. No, I don't okay. think that's made up. Nope, that's real. Okay. Shot at the White House. Shot glass. No way. That then is made up. Okay. Uh, Hillary Clinton beer cooler, beer cozy, like a beer cold. Chillery Clinton. Chillery Clinton. <laughs> That's so bad. I might say it's real. It is. It is real. Hillary Clinton, and it's written in like a, a frosty font with icicles. Classic. Uh, Hillary approved household email server. No, 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 that's that's one that I put in there. Controversial. Jared. No, it's okay. Uh, official woman card. Official woman. Official woman card. As in, I am a. An Play the woman card, as in, you know. Oh, no, that's not real. No, it is. Hillary Clinton offers official woman cards uh, on her. Uh, also, a deck of woman cards, that is to say, playing cards with facts about women on them. Well, fair enough. Seems, seems a little. Uh, Labouring the point a little bit. A little, perhaps a bit much. It seems a, a little bit condescending. Uh, but the, the, hey, that's just me. Um, a woman's place is in the White House, embroidered cushion. <laughs> yes, I have seen that. That is that is real. I have seen that. I think she's retweeted that from her on her Twitter account. Hillary Clinton on iPhone case. No, no, now, don't. You're doing that. a good job of weeding out the ones that I've made out. No, you're, you're, I have to admit, you're, you're making your false, your fictional ones are they're not out of the realm yeah. of possibility. <laughs> exactly. Um... Racially specific t shirts. So. As in, I am white in your, on your t shirt? Basically, let me get them up, because they're, they're Sorry, very hot. So I can odd. get real then. So yeah, I've got them here African Americans for Hillary, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders for Hillary, Latinos for Hillary, LGBT for Hillary, oh, that's women for Hillary. Yeah, that, seems, that seems normal, right? Does it? There's caucuses and stuff for all of that so watching that b t-shirt i guess but if you're if you're a black man wearing an african american's for hillary shirt i don't know or a, or an asian person asians don't get their own shirt they have to share with the pacific islanders um, okay i have i have uh, i have one more okay and this is not so much a guess as just look she sells an insane dictator poster Oh, Of wow. herself, with rays of sunshine coming off of her as she stares off into the distance.
1: Could I, be could be North Korea. That
0: could be Cuba. It could be... It, ch- it has a you know, strong... Imperial Japan. ...communist element to it. And she sells it. It's just $30, if you're interested, ladies and gentlemen. That is quite terrifying. Very it's, odd. No, it's nothing like Obama's change poster, is it? No. no, 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 hope, no. hope, hope, hope. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Hillary's wow. uh, merchandise. Go check it out, ladies and gentlemen. It is insane. Wow, that's interesting. Um, so, do we want to talk about Brazil briefly? Before we move on to Brazil, can I, I ask you well, just a question that we'll, we'll probably pick up in later today? Sure. Here's a map of America. Yep. A, I, I recognise it. Obviously, you'll, you'll have to do this for yourself. Battleground states in potential Clinton versus Trump election. Where do you think the key states will be for the winner to hold on to? Interesting. At the moment... None of them Hillary would win in a landslide, but Trump continues to gain popularity. Do we think that the classic kind of Ohio, Florida, um, Pennsylvania... He could add New York to that list. Okay. Because that's his thing. He got a large turnout in New York, um, though Hillary also claims to be from New York. Um, she's not. The state that won... Obama. Obama's election was. Ooh, 2012. Oh, oh. Are we talking? New Mexico. Ma- no, no, no. Um, uh, 2008. Okay. 2008 would have been. Was it Nevada? One of those. Southwestern. The state that won. Santos in West Wing. Oh presidential period, season seven. Oh. I've given it away. Spoiler alert, Jack. I keep intending to watch that. Go for it. What is the state? It's Nevada. Okay, good. Good, good knowledge. I'm really sorry. Oh, that's awful. Listeners. I hope everyone's listening to the West Wing. Watched. Oh, no. It's fine. I'm going to forget that by the time I watch it. Uh, yeah, no, you won't. It's a pretty big deal. Anyway. Oh, um, dear. So I guess we can talk about that more in the future, because that's something that will become that's, apparent that's, as the campaign... It's not going away. Yeah, exactly. I've also seen uh, that Sanders consistently holds higher than Trump... ...in a head-to-head race than Trump. It's true, yes. But there's not much you can do about that. Unfortunately, he's just going to too late for him. Indeed. Brazil is impeaching their uh, current president, Dilma Rousseff, on uh, corruption charges. This will be an interesting one for world politics. It will, especially because they have both the Olympics and the World Cup headed their way. The acting president has done something very interesting, though. A couple of very interesting things. I can't remember saying Michelle, someone. I should probably have it up somewhere. That's embarrassing. Oh well. Um, he has done a couple of interesting things. The first is, he made a speech last night to the Brazilian Congress, and he said in no uncertain terms that he was the president of Brazil now, and until such time as he is not, he will implement a program. His name is Michel Temer. Michel Temer. And the other interesting thing that he's done is he has appointed a new cabinet, and this cabinet is entirely made up of white men, fun fact. Whereas it's the, current, the current, current president, Dilbert, is a woman. Indeed. Indeed. But it's the first time in, I think, over a decade that the cabinet has been made entirely of white men. Interesting. Which is, which is an interesting point. And it's also the first time in a decade that where the presidency hasn't been held by some of the leftist parties. I've heard that this is a, a, a bad direction for... Uh, For Brazil to go in because, as much as yes, Rousseff and uh, her predecessor ran on anti-corruption, and now that they've been found to be corrupt themselves, it's it's insanely hypocritical. Yeah, they're done for. However, it's going to lead to a swing towards the right that could be could be bad, could be damaging. I mean, that remains to be seen. Remains to be seen what happens there. I did. Why this does bear kind of similarities to what happened in the sort of. Mid uh, 20th century in Brazil, uh, where they flirted with democracy for a few decades and then there was a military coup in the 1960s. Um, it bears quite close resemblance to this, but I think we're unlikely for it to go that extreme if that's potentially what you were suggesting.
1: No, no, I'm not,
0: no, but uh could, could lead to some, some issues. And it, it, it's a country that has a, a large level of discontent, and so there's potential for. Uh, for things to go wrong. People are unhappy about the, the Olympics and the World Cup. and the, you know. Yeah, for example, people are unhappy. Uh, for a brief space corner, transit of Mercury was this week. The, the Mercury passed between the Earth and the Sun. People were looking at it, not especially interesting. It happens about every 10 years. Uh, more my thing was SpaceX, the company that is recycling their launchers, uh, the metaphor I, I often hear used and use myself is, at the moment, launching something into space is like flying from New York to London and then throwing away the jet. Why would you do that? They're trying to uh, recoup their their, uh, their the first stage of their launchers. And in practice, this means like a 12-story tall thing falling from the sky and landing... Uh, in a boat in the middle of the ocean, there are doubts about this one coming in safely. Uh, Jack is is, is viewing the view the footage of it. of it live. How similar is this to the one that we? I mean, pretty similar. How many how many different ways can you land a rocket on a boat? <laughs> um, so at the moment, all I can see is light. It's an engine bell of a of a different one. Uh, so this is very uh, it, not a great deal to see on this one. Oh, I think this is the this is the. Eh. Anyway, this one was coming in from higher and faster, and it had a very low chance of success, but succeeded nonetheless. Fantastic. So that's good news for space travel then in the future. It is indeed, because if you can reuse these, you can cut the, slash the prices. uh, And they should have a man in space on top of one of these types of rockets in 2017. Oh, fantastic. That's good news. Yeah, exciting. Uh, So, that is it for this week on the Jack and Jack Show. Thank you for listening uh, to the Jack and Jack Show on this Friday the 13th. We've made it through this second recording without issue, hopefully. Uh, Have a good weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks very much for listening. Bye.